Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. But enough from me. Let's give a warm welcome to April Simons as she comes to bring the word. Well, good morning. I am so glad to be here today. Don't you love your pastors? Aren't they amazing? I have to say, Pastor Don and Pastor Jessamy, thank you for having me. I do feel like family, whether you like me or not. (laughs) We kind of go way back. So thank you for having me. It's such an honor for myself to be here. I just love your family. Pastor Karen, so good to see you. Don't you appreciate her as well? I got to meet so many people after church today and our connections through Lakewood or whatever. It's just amazing. So thank you. I forgot to say this. My family, my whole Osteen family, send their love to all you guys. And uh, you know what? We're all, we're all one big family, right? You better start liking each other, right? <laughs> well, I just, I love, love, love this church. And, uh, you know, we used to be pastors. So I, I think it's important to hear your people are amazing. The staff here, all you who volunteer from the moment we drive, from the people who picked us up, wonderful people who picked us up from the airport, it's just amazing. And my parents always said it's a reflection from your pastors. So they are amazing. You guys are amazing. So love you all. I am ready to get in the Word. How about you? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for this time here today, Lord God. I thank you that as a word is spoken according to your word, that you're sending forth your word to heal. Anyone who's come in here with sickness in their body, I thank you, Father, that you're touching them right where they are. Anyone who's come in heavy-hearted, discouraged, disappointed, heartbroken, thank you, Lord God, that you're just going to touch their life today. You're gonna be the glory, the lifter of their head. You're gonna be near to the brokenhearted. Father, those who've come in not knowing your son Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, I thank you that today will be the day of salvation. Father, we lift up a hand if you'd lift up a hand for your loved ones and we declare in Jesus' name, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will not give up. We will not quit praying. We will not quit looking for our miracle of our sons, our daughters, our spouses, our grandchildren coming to know your son Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Those mamas and daddies that are here that are heavy and weary because they've been praying and praying and praying. Father, I thank you that even today they'll get a good word. We will stay in faith and that we just serve the enemy. Notice he'll not have one of our family members in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that as your word is spoken, it's going on good ground. We won't just be hearers, we will be doers of the word. And Lord God, I thank you that it's not by a person, but it's by your indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to start by telling you a story of a professor who decided to give his students in college a surprise exam. When they walked in, they saw a piece of paper face down on their tables, and he instructed them, I want you to turn the paper over, and I want you to write about what you see on the page. Much to their surprise, the only thing on that white piece of paper was a tiny red dot right in the middle of the page. You can imagine they looked confused, but they began to to do the tasks that they were instructed to do. The professor picked up the test. 
He read them all out loud, and then he told the students some good news. I'm not going to be grading you on this assignment. As he went on to say, he said, I want you to see that every one of you, without exception, tried to explain the red dot in the space that it took up on the page. He said, not one of you talked about the tremendous amount of white space there was on the page. He put the test down and he said, I want you to listen to me. I want you to know so often that's what we do in life. We focus on the tiny red dot. We focus on the burdens, the health issues, the financial problems, the relationship struggles. He said, in all reality, there's so many things to be thankful for. And he looked at those students and he said, as you go out this, these college doors when you graduate, I wanna encourage you to don't focus on the tiny red dot. There's so much to be grateful for. Go and focus on all the blessings that are around you. What a great lesson to be learned, amen? You know, the scripture says in Habakkuk, a familiar scripture, and the Lord said to me, write my answer on a billboard, large and clear so that anyone can read it at a glance and rush to tell the others. But these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the plan will be fulfilled. The vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, don't despair. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. The scripture is very clear to us to write our vision down. Know where we want to go in life. Now, let me just ask you, are you believing God for something? I know I am. Let me see your hands. Anybody believing for a miracle, a breakthrough, a better job, health in your body? I think that's probably all of us in here today. The scripture's telling us to know where we wanna go. Write that vision down. Every year, my mother sends a group text to my brothers and sisters and I, and in case you didn't know, I'm the youngest of the Osteen and I Osteens, and I told the first crowd that I am the favorite child, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> she sends this group text at the beginning of the year in January, this next January, I will get another one. She's telling us exactly what she's believing God for in our family. I found a text in my phone, so I thought I'd read it to you. It says this, I trust you and your families will be blessed, especially this year. I pray that your children will be blessed and excel in all they undertake to do, that we will all be healthy and well, and that God will protect us and watch over us in all that we do. I pray there will be no accidents, no harm, and that we will use wisdom in our everyday lives. I pray that our churches will be blessed and that hurting, unloved, sinful people will come in the doors and give their hearts to Jesus. I pray that drug addicts, former prisoners, and prostitutes will come and feel love and forgiveness. I pray that the anointing of God will be upon our lives, that we will be quick to forgive and forget and not hold grudges. I pray that every one of us will be a good parent and that our children will feel secure in their homes and that we will, they will have good memories of their childhood and lives. And I pray above all that people would love us and respect us and we would be like Jesus with a magnificent reputation. I love you all, Mama. See, I read you that text because I love how my mom, Pastor Dawn, is so specific. We know exactly what she's believing God for for our family. There's no question in our minds. She's specific. She made the vision clear. See, Mama's not looking at what's happening in our family right now, whether good or bad. She knows that she has to speak out in faith. Yeah. 
See, folks, it's not about what you look at that matters. It's all about what you choose to see. That our life moves in the direction of our thoughts. The scripture supports it in Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, as a woman thinks in his heart, so are they. See, your life will move in the direction of your focus. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. So let me ask you this. Are you focusing on that miracle that you're believing for? Are you focusing on that breakthrough? Are you focused on that, focusing on that restoration in your marriage? One of my favorite stories in the Bible is about the prodigal son. And if you don't know it, I'll sum it up real quick. The prodigal had come to himself, spent all of his money. He was in a pig pen. He was so hungry. He wanted to eat the pig's food. And he finally had this idea. If I go back to my dad, maybe I could be one of his servants. I've blown it as his son. The scripture says this, and it's, it's my favorite part of the whole scripture. It says, when the prodigal was still a far way off, his father saw him. See, now that gives me chilly willies even when I say it right now. You know what that's telling me, folks? That that father had a vision. His prodigal was going to come home. I can imagine every single morning when he woke up, Pastor Jessamy, he's looking out his window for his son. I can imagine he set a place at the table believing his son was going to come back. I can imagine him going to the market, coming the crowds, looking for his son. He knew the vision. He knew the promise. It reminds me of what my dad used to say, never give up on the prodigal. Always believe the prodigal will come home. That father didn't allow the circumstances, what it looked like, he hadn't seen his son in a long time, to dictate what his vision was for his family. See, that story is not so much about the prodigal son, it's about a father who had a vision and wasn't gonna let anybody talk him out of the vision that he had for his life. Let me ask you, what are you expecting to see? Where is your vision? What are you dreaming of? The scripture says in Genesis, I love this, the Lord said to Abram, Abram, lift up your eyes from the place where you are and look north, south, east, and west. In other words, Abram, get your mind off of the fact that you don't have any kids. I promise you, you're gonna have kids, Abram. Get your mind off of that, your present circumstances, and I want you to look beyond because I have a great destiny for you. Let me just bring that down to normal. Get your eyes off of what your kids are doing wrong and begin to focus on what your kids are doing right. Amen. Get your eyes off of everything that's going wrong in your marriage and find that one good thing. You can think of one good thing about your spouse and start speaking that out. Amen. Lift up your eyes from the place that circumstances have kept you. Let me ask you this. What are you asking of God? Billy Graham said this, heaven is filled with answers to prayers for which no one has even bothered to ask. The scripture says in Matthew 7, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. James 4, 2, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Don't be afraid to ask God for those things, amen? Don't be afraid to ask God for that child to, to get out of the arrangement they're in right now. You know what? I just feel really strong. Would you, would you bow your heads for just a minute? I know we just prayed for kids, but I, I'm, I'm gonna pray for you. If you were, your child seems way far gone, nobody's looking around. I want you to wave your hand at me. I'm just gonna 
pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name, you see these hands. And we say again that the devil will not have these kids. Father, I pray that these parents or whoever's raising their hands will be encouraged today. Lord God, they may have even gotten a bad report this morning. I pray that the tide of the battle turns in this situation. And by the end of the day, they're going to hear a promising report in Jesus' name. Amen. When my mom was so sick with cancer, many of you know, or a lot of you probably don't know, in 1981, my mom, 48-year-old mom, very healthy, never seen her sick at all, Pastor Karen, and she went to the doctor for a pain in her side. They put her immediately into the hospital. They did extensive tests, found out she had metastatic cancer of the liver, had a grapefruit-sized tumor, and the doctor looked at my dad and said, your wife has a few weeks to live. Daddy looked at the doctor and said, we believe in miracles. The doctor looked at daddy and said, you're going to need a miracle. My dad, his little five foot seven self, looked back at the doctor and he said, we're going to get our miracle. When my mom came home, she was so sick, looked like death. She's normally 102 pounds. I call her the original Polly Pocket. (laughs) She was 88 pounds. She looked like she was about 98 years old and she just looked like death. And I remember my mom, certain things, I was the only kid at home during the time, but my mom, even though she felt so bad, I mean, people don't really know, you just hear the end story, it was bad. She, she was very sick. It was a struggle to get out of bed and walk around. But I discovered one thing, Pastor Jessamy, that mama did is she took pictures of herself when, when she was healthy. She had a picture of herself on a horse in Montana with a pink cowboy hat. She put that right there in our bathroom mirror. So the first thing that she saw when she got out of bed was herself there. Then she took pictures of herself and daddy when they got married. She took pictures, uh, she put pictures up of her at Lakewood, her with the family. I mean, she just put pictures all over the house. Now, let me tell you why. She was writing the vision down. So when she got up and when she felt like death, you know what the first thing that she saw was healthy Dodie. When she walked down the hallway, she saw powerful Dodie, strength Dodie, mama Dodie, pastor's wife Dodie, you know, healed Dodie. She had to get a vision of victory even though she felt like she was going to die. Then mama took it one step further. Let me just read the scripture to you real quick. It's in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Mama realized not only did she have to choose life, but she had to speak life. So she'd be walking down that hallway early in the morning while I was still asleep. And she'd say, I'd live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. Scared the fire out of me. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm whole. Then I'd hear thanking God. God, I thank you for the opportunity to see another day. I thank you for the opportunity to sit at dinner with my family. I thank you for the opportunity to be alive today. Mama knew that her world was framed by her words. The words that she spoke became the house that she lived in. So she made sure not only did she write the vision down, but she began to speak the vision out. Amen? See, What you focus on usually comes out of your mouth. Amen. Amen. She she agreed with that over there. (laughs) See, if you're constantly saying, I'll never get healed. My family will never get better. My child will never come back to Jesus. You know, my finances are never going to get better. Guess what? That's probably what's going to happen. 
But you know, if you start changing what you're saying and begin to see through eyes of faith, speak what you want to see, then your life is going to change for the better. Amen? Change what you're saying and you'll change what you're seeing. Let me just make it practical. You cannot constantly, you cannot constantly talk defeat and expect to have victory. You cannot constantly talk about the problems and expect to find a solution. You've got to speak faith into your world. Listen, y'all, if you don't speak life over your life, who will? If you don't speak faith over your life, who will? If you don't speak positivity over your life, who's going to do it? Words are free. Amen? It's how you choose to use them that just might cost you. Listen to the scripture, Proverbs 18. Words kill words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. You've got to get your words working for you and not against you. Can I just tell you something? You talk to yourself more than you talk to anybody else in this world. Some of you talk out loud to yourself. You have to be careful what you're saying to yourself because you are listening. Amen. So you may say, April, you don't know what I'm going through right now. You know, it's hard to speak faith when you're faced with this. My heart goes out to you but I'm just gonna try to give you something practical. When you feel like you can't find anything to say, think about those times where you didn't think you'd make it through that dark hour, but you made it through. Think about those times when God spared you from an accident. Think about those times when you thought you'd never make it through that dark tunnel and see the light of day, but you did, amen? You've made it through 100% of your worst days. You're still here, you're still kicking, amen? Begin to count the blessings and not the burdens. Proverbs 21 says this, keep your mouth closed and you'll stay out of trouble. (laughs) Let me just sum that up for you. If you don't have anything positive to say, zip it on up, amen? Everybody say, zip it on up. The way that you see your world And the way you speak to your world becomes your world. Again, change what you're saying and you'll change what you're seeing. Get your words working towards your vision. Oh, that's so good, y'all. I like my preaching because I preach to myself. (laughs) If you're believing God for a, a miracle in your finances, don't use your words to describe your situation. Use your words to change your situation. Amen? There was a little girl who had been to Sunday school and she learned about Jonah being swallowed by the well. She was so excited to go to school the next day to tell her teacher. And she told her teacher the exciting news and the teacher just patted the little girl. She said, that's a great story. But in reality, even though the whale is the largest mammal, its throat is too small to swallow a human. The story, it's not true. That little five-year-old said, no, it is true. It's in the Bible. And my Sunday school teacher told me. And that teacher kind of got irritated. And she said, no, I'm telling you, it's not the truth. It's just a fable. That little girl got a little bit of sass on her. And she said, you know what? I don't know how it happened, but when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah. (laughs) That teacher looked back at her and says, what if he doesn't make it to heaven? She thought for a minute and she said, then you ask him. (laughs) Smart little girl. (laughs) I love that little girl. You know why, y'all? She had some backbone. She knew her story and she was sticking to it. She knew the word of God and she wasn't going to let anybody talk her out of it. Listen, you've got to get some spiritual backbone in your life. Some spiritual fortitude. Know what your vision is and then stick to it. 
Don't let anybody define you. Don't any, let anybody talk you out of your vision. Don't let anybody talk you out of your dream. Don't let anybody talk you out of your faith. One of the greatest ways you can lose weight is to lose the weight of other people's opinions. Amen. I'll just add this. When some people are like clouds, when they disappear, it's a brighter day. And I'm not talking about your family members right there. Guard your world. When my mom was so sick with cancer, Pastor Karen, she didn't just ask anybody to pray for her. She wanted somebody that was going to pray the prayer of faith over her. Because how many of you know sometimes when you're believing God for something, somebody will come tell you how they didn't get that or their sister died of that or something like that. It's not lifting you. You don't have to tell everybody about your dreams. Amen? Amen. Don't allow what you currently see to cause you to forget what God has already said. Amen. You want me to say that one again? It's good. Don't allow what you currently see to cause you to forget what God has already said. Now, I want to make it practical for you. I'm going to tell you to stop saying some things. Is that okay? Stop saying my kids will never be right. Well, that's good, isn't it? Well, what do you mean, April? My kids aren't right. Stop saying it. You, you create your world with your words. Start saying, you know what? My kids are a blessing from above. Hey, faith it till you make it, right? My kids are gonna serve God all the days of their life. I'm counting on the scripture. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Psalm 127.3, children are a gift from the Lord. I know some of you think they're not a gift right now, but they are a gift from the Lord. Stop saying my marriage is never gonna be better. Start saying, my marriage is strong. We're unified. We're serving God together. Listen to the scripture, Mark 10, 9. What God has joined together, let no one separate. How about this? Stop saying, I'll never get that promotion. I'm not qualified enough. I'm not good enough. No, start saying, my finances are blessed. As I'm faithful to the tithe in the local church, God is opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out a so great blessing on my life. Amen? This is the truth. You can either talk yourself into victory or you can talk yourself into defeat. You can talk yourself into chaos. You can talk yourself into peace. You can talk yourself into a tizzy or you can talk yourself into believing that God is who he says he is and he can do what his word says he can do. Amen. If words can create trouble, then they can create transformation, y'all. If they can create doubt, then they can create faith. There is a miracle in your mouth. Amen? Amen. Start getting those words working towards your vision. When your mouth gets positive, your life gets positive. Amen? Amen. I didn't read that scripture. I forgot. Ephesians 3.20. There's no doubt. God is able to do the exceedingly and abundantly in your life. That's a good scripture to stand on as well. Amen? Amen. A couple years ago, my youngest daughter and I I have five kids and I have four girls and one son. And um, two grandbabies. My youngest daughter, yay! (laughs) My youngest daughter, Ariella, and I were going to the store real quick to buy some Christmas wrapping paper and bags. And so we went in this new store we had never been in before, and we started filling up the basket with stuff. And it was kind of getting full because I have a lot of people to buy for. And I began to look for price tags. I couldn't find price tags anywhere. And soon enough, Ariella came over to me and said, Mom, I can't find any prices. I said, I know this is the weirdest thing. There's no prices in this place. So I just started to go up to the cashier to ask where the prices were. And as I was walking to the cashier, I looked up. All around the perimeter of the store, you know what it said? 
everything is a dollar. We had gone in the dollar store and I didn't know that's, that's what it literally meant. And we looked at each other and we we're like, no way. And I pulled out a big, big bag and then a little bag. And I was actually telling her this, maybe this bag is a dollar, but not this big bag. I was trying to reason away what had already been written and established before I even walked into that store. How often, folks, do we do that in our lives? Well, God, you know what? I I don't know about that. I didn't come from a spiritual family. I didn't come from a family that served God. I didn't come from a family that even knew God. Just because you didn't come from a healthy family doesn't mean a healthy family can't come from you. Amen? You have to get that mentality and that spiritual fortitude. You know what? It ran in the family until it ran into me. It's written in the word. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I can plant a new family tree. It's already written and established. Stop disqualifying what God has already promised to you. Amen? When I was a little girl, I used to hear my dad, even as a a teenager, I'd hear my dad talk about a time in his life when he felt like he failed God. My dad was older when he married, uh, married, I'm sorry, when he had me. So he was 12 years older than my mom. So this went way back into the maybe 40s, I don't know, 50s. He told of a time he felt like he failed God and he quit the ministry and he went into the business world. And he couldn't shake, you know, the call of God on his life. What had happened, what I didn't know, is my dad had gone through a very unwanted divorce as a pastor. And even though they kept him at the church, he felt like he wasn't qualified anymore. He felt like God couldn't use anybody like him and he didn't have, you know, just the right to be up on that pulpit any longer. So he took himself out of the ministry. He was reading his Bible one morning, just like he did regularly. And he discovered this, something that he knew, but it hit him this morning. It said, I mean, he realized that God used imperfect people. There's not one person in the Bible besides Jesus that was perfect. And suddenly he had this revelation, God, if you can use them, then you really can use me. And he kind of picked himself up, brushed his knees off, got back into the ministry, found my mom, married her, had five kids. I hear that youngest one is really great. No, I'm just kidding. They started Lakewood, you know, they had the pastor there for, I don't know, 47 years until he went to heaven in 1999. But see, if you think about it, the enemy wants to come in and try to disqualify you. See, the enemy doesn't determine your destiny. God determines your destiny. It's not about what the enemy says. It's about what God says. Amen. And if you think about this, folks, Satan's greatest fear is your tomorrow. He doesn't want you to step in your tomorrow. He wants to wear you out. He wants to pull away your strength so you don't have any joy. Amen? So you don't reach your destiny. Let me encourage you. It doesn't matter what you've done. You know that person you were yesterday? You may have failed. You're not that person anymore. Stop staying loyal to a past version of yourself. Amen? Don't cheat on your future with your past. That's a good one. Don't stay mentally or emotionally somewhere you left physically a long time ago. You got to realize the past that's in your head. The future is in your hands. God is for you. So don't be against you. 
Those thoughts that you're having right now, well, you know what? I've had too many failures. I've messed up too many times. Does it matter to God when you ask for forgiveness and you move on? The scripture says that his mercies are new every single morning. Aren't you glad for that? Don't settle for anything less than God's abundant life. The scripture says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, don't get me mixed up with him. I've come that you might have and enjoy abundant life to the full, to the overflowing. How many of you want that abundant life? See, you can either settle, God has a plan for your life, which you have to realize the enemy also has a plan for your life. God wants you to move forward. The enemy wants to keep you stuck. God wants you to go into your future. The enemy wants you to dwell in your past. There's a tug on your story. Don't let the enemy win. Amen. What are you believing God for? What is your vision? Are you writing it down? I want to encourage you with this. Let me tell you this story first before I get into that. Years ago, when I was little, I was sitting on the front row of about a 300-seat church. I don't even know. I was too little to know how much that was, how big the church was. And my dad would get up every service for a certain time frame, and he would tell everyone to turn towards the wall, look, turn left towards the wall. Just a white wall, you know, nothing special at all. And daddy would say this, now I want you to look beyond the wall with eyes of faith, and I want you to see a 5,000-seat auditorium. He said, I want you to see it full to capacity. I want you to see amazing worship. I want you to see people giving their hearts to Jesus. I want you to see the former prisoners and prostitutes and AIDS victims coming in and receiving love. I want you to see people being healed, set free, delivered, and on a new path with God. We stretched out our hands and we prayed over that building. You know, as a five-year-old, I didn't really know what that meant. But in my mind, I imagine it, imagined it. And I don't know the time frame, but it wasn't long, maybe a year, year and a half later. And you know where I was sitting? In the front row of a 5,000-seat auditorium. And you know what I saw? I saw that place filled to capacity. Amazing worship. I remember the first time an AIDS patient came to our church. And they were too afraid to come forward, but... Finally, my dad just stayed on the stage until they finally came down in the congregation. This is in the time when, you know, that was kind of a scary subject. The congregation gave that AIDS patient a standing ovation, and we loved on that person. I saw people get saved by the hundreds in each service. I saw people get healed and set free and delivered. I saw former prisoners come in. I saw former prostitutes come in as well. My point of that story is this. My dad made that vision so clear that a five-year-old could perceive it. A five-year-old could figure it out. I didn't know exactly what it looked like, but you know what? He made it so clear to the nth degree. My point is this, y'all. Make your vision clear. Know what you're believing God for. Don't just say, God, I want a healthy family. No, God, I want a family that's serving you all the days of their life. I want them in church every single week. I want them, you know, just happy. I want them in good relationships. Don't just say, I want some money in the bank. I mean, that's good. But why not go further, go deeper? God, I thank you that I have the exceedingly abundantly in my bank account, amen? I have money to bless others. I have money to buy coats and send to missions, amen? 
Get specific, get clear, get detailed, and then get your family involved in it. Amen? Make it so clear that a five-year-old can figure it out. Write the vision. Make it plain. Know where you want to go. I heard somebody say this. I always wanted to be somebody. I wish I would have been more specific. Put the vision before you every single day. If you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up somewhere that you didn't want to be in the first place. I have my vision, Pastor Don and Pastor Jessamine, in my phone. I have a private Pinterest board account, and I see that vision every single day. After I read my Bible, I go over my vision. I thank God for what he's done, and I thank God for what he's going to continue to do. Put the vision before you. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. Tune out those naysayers, amen? You don't have to tell everybody your vision, amen? You don't have to tell everybody what you're dreaming of. Get the vision and be clear about it. And let me just encourage you with this. The enemy will try to come and discourage you. The enemy will try to come in and say, it's not gonna happen, never gonna happen. You'll be the first in your family. You can forget that. No, rise up with that spiritual fortitude and say, no devil, the book ends here. Not today, Satan, amen? Be strong in what you're believing God for. I wanna encourage you today that God holds nothing against you. Your past doesn't disqualify you what you've been through, what your family is currently going through. Let me tell you something. There's no perfect families and we should all shout a big amen to that. We just put a little bit of fun in the dysfunction, right? (laughs) Look beyond with, with eyes of faith. Don't be scared of the wall that's staring you right in the face. Hey, God's on the other side of the wall. I want to pray over you right now if you're bowing your heads. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that that it will penetrate our hearts today. Each of us, Lord God, help us to dream bigger. I pray that those that are here today would go to the deepest places of their heart, Lord God, that they would revive dreams that have been buried. I pray, Lord, that those who have felt that it's not okay to dream because they've disqualified themselves, that today would be the last that they think that and and realize that you have an amazing future in store for them. It's not about what they've done. It's about what you've already done. I pray, Lord God, that each of us would run with a vision and we wouldn't get discouraged, Lord God, if it takes a while to come to pass, but we'll stand strong. We'll get our words working for us and not against us. And we'll hold you faithful to your word. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.